hey, hey, wellness warriors, welcome back to the show. I am Asada Jones, and this is What Makes Me Well. So this week, we're back to the regular program. Every episode, I sit down with a special guest, and we discuss all the different aspects of their life that make them well. In this episode, I sit down with freelance journalist, editor, and speaker, Raquel Reichard. Raquel and I recorded this episode about five weeks ago in the beginning of the Black Lives Matter protests. And, um, you know, we really talk candidly about how we're feeling at the top of the show and how we're processing everything and how we're showing up respectively in this time and how we're speaking out against racism within the Latinx community, within our own families, and within our own personal social groups. So we talk about how... We're processing all of that, and then we get into what makes her well, what drives her to be an activist, and what ultimately fills her cup. I'm really excited for you all to listen to this episode, but first, I have to do a little bit of housekeeping. The first thing on the list to announce is I started a Patreon. I'm really excited about this. It launches on July 20th, and when you become a Patreon, you'll immediately get access to bonus podcast content like At Home with the Joneses episodes, which are lifestyle episodes that will feature me and my husband, Andrew, and we will talk about our lives together. We'll play games. Um, We will ultimately share with you the listeners lessons that we've learned over the years over the last 15 years together and um, I'm really excited to share this part of myself with you guys and also for you guys to learn a little bit more about me and Andrew. You'll also have access to the new and archived weekly OM narrations along with the guided meditations that I will be creating for you. And all of that, the At Home with the Joneses, the audio guided meditations, the weekly OMs are all going to be available to you in a private Patreon feed. So just like you listen to this episode, you'll be able to listen to a private Patreon only feed feed. In addition to that, you'll have access to the private Patreon page. Within that page, you'll get advanced notifications of the guests that I book for the show. So you'll have the opportunity to ask this guest any questions based on their profession or based on whatever the case, and they'll answer the question on the show. Um, You'll also get access to at-home yoga flows that I create for you. Um, So far, I've created an AM yoga flow and a PM yoga flow. Those will be available on July 20th. And guided meditations um, will also be available to you when you become a Patreon. So I hope you guys check it out and join the Patreon and enjoy all of the content that I've created and will continue to create for you. 
I'll make sure to add the link to the Patreon in the show notes, but if you want to check it out right now, it is patreon.com, and you could search for Asada Jones, A-S-A-T-T-A-J-O-N-E-S, and um, all of the initial content will be up by July 20th, but you can definitely check it out now and join the Patreon and just get the content as it comes in. Oh, also... There's merch, you guys. Depending on the level of membership that you choose to join, I will send you a special gift or a special few special gifts. Um, And also, depending on your level of membership, you'll be able to participate in the Zoom hangouts with myself and other Patreon members. It's a great opportunity to chat with and meet with other podcast listeners, wellness warriors, and like-minded people. I'm really excited about this, you guys. Um, Okay, so moving on, the next thing that I need to shout out is a listener review. So this review comes from Threat Level Midnight. Oh, wonderful name. Threat Level Midnight says, Asada is an amazing host of this podcast, which draws you into some great conversations, stories, and practices about many different aspects of wellness in our lives. Love all the fun, laughs, tears, and perspectives it has brought me. Keep it up, Asada. Thanks, Threat Level Midnight. I appreciate the review, and I appreciate you listening to the show. All right, listeners, I think that's all I have for you as far as announcements. Now on to the episode. Here is my interview with freelance journalist, editor, and speaker, Raquel Reichard. Hi, Raquel. Hi, Asada. How are you? I am doing so well. I'm so glad that we can get this together because I know, I know I've been wanting to do, do this for over a year, but timing has been crazy (laughs) it's been a year now but i feel you so much has happened so So much much has happened in the last few weeks so imagine a whole year (laughs) truly Um, truly truly um okay so for the listeners let's um let's put it in perspective so i reached out to you in oh mid 2019 um or was it 2018? Has it been two years? No, it was, it was, it was 2019. And I okay. think <laughs> I hit you up because I wanted to feature you in Puerto Ricans of Orlando. <gasps> yes. Like, hit me up no, <laughs> you definitely, it was, yeah, you're absolutely right. You featured me in Puerto Ricans of Orlando. And then I remember I went on a, like a little, a little investigative uh, research, like, what is this organization? How did I not know that this is a community? This is amazing. Um, yeah. And I, I made a mental note. I was like, I want to interview her. She sounds really badass and I love what she's <laughs> doing. Um, and then life happens, but I'm really glad that we're getting together now. Um, we're able to like zoom and although I would have loved to have you in my home and we would be like drinking some, I don't know, something delicious. Um, <laughs> the miracle of technology has really allowed us to do this. So I'm really happy that we at least yeah, have this. Um, so sure. tell me what have you been up to in these last two weeks because these last two weeks have been pretty heavy yeah these last two weeks have been very heavy so um yeah so this so like just starting 
um, with COVID, um, as you know, I lost my job. And so I really took a lot of time um, to try to reevaluate my, my life and mm -hmm. um, what I was doing and what I wanted to do and started really focusing on my, my spirituality. And I think I've, I've spent a good uh, a month to two months I'm doing that and then I was like okay I'm ready to start ready to start um pitching outlets again I'm ready to to you know to you know get back That's in awesome. the game and then um and then the revolution came and um yeah and so that that has really that has hmm, that has, as we said, it has just really t sucked, you know what I mean? The life, you know, out of me, as yeah. I'm sure it has with so many other folks. And so um, it's been really hard to get um, anything, anything done. Um, but, you know, I've been, I've been trying. I mean, I think a lot of my energy right now, instead of going into my career, has gone into my, um, my family and my community and sort of um, just, uh, having conversations around anti-blackness because of course this isn't something that just exists in the police force and that's something that just exists among white folks right mm -hmm. um puerto ricans latinxes non-black people of color are as much capable um you know participating in and benefiting from anti-blackness as um as anyone else you know yeah we all need to be part of the we, discussion right just because we too experience uh, racism and xenophobia and, you know, forms of discrimination doesn't mean that we aren't capable of repeating that. Um, so it's just been, um, yeah, I've just been engaging in those really hard, um, uncomfortable, but absolutely necessary conversations with family um, yeah. and community. And then uh, today I'm actually really excited because um, I had a piece um, come out in Well and Good and it was a story about how non-black people of color can and should be showing up for black lives um, today and every day. And um, it's the first piece that I've written in a really long time, again, because I have, you know, lost my job and I've been taking so much time to uh, focus on my spirituality. And um, yeah, so I, I am excited. <laughs> that is my highlight of this week. <laughs> I mean, all of that. Yeah, I was gonna say, which one is your highlight? Because that all sounds really awesome. First of all, I do, I do want to say that I love the fact that you are addressing that conversation. How, how non-black people of color can still participate in anti-black behavior, and as somebody who has been in that world as La Morena it's wild to see how like, um, it's just, it's just kind of crazy to see the colorism within your own people. And it's important to hear, you know, your lighter skinned people say it and acknowledge that because yeah. that is important. Yeah. It really is. I mean, but let's not, let's not forget that Black Lives Matter started because George Zimmerman, who is part Peruvian, was acquitted, you know? <laughs> real talk. Systemic racism is a thing that affects all bound, like all barriers, all colors. And it's important to take a mirror to yourself and like examine mm -hmm. that. And it's, I love that you're even taking the time to have that conversation with your family. Cause that sometimes is the hardest thing where you're, oh, you're yeah. really 
oh, where, you know, where did this random, where did this belief that I've held in my head come from? And you're realizing it's like, oh, that's where my grandmother said that shit when I was like eight and I've just internalized right. it. And you're like, Guelita, pero abuela, she's like the best person on the planet. You're like, wait a minute, my, right. <laughs> my grandmother has said some wild ass shit. And it's like, oh, I need to address that and um, come to terms with that. And if you happen to have, you know, your abuelas and your abuelos in your family and you're able to have that conversation with your tias and tios, that's really important. That's really important. Yeah. I, I really, really love that. Um, yeah. It is draining, though. I will right. agree with – I will share that and agree with you on that, that it is kind of like an empty um, – it is, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And then on top of what happens or what happened with COVID and like the repercussions of COVID, like you're saying, losing your job, um, taking that time to literally come to your higher power and and figure that out, that on its own is exhausting. And then on top of, um, you know, having to do the work in social justice and equality, and um, anti-racist behavior is exhausting. So yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. But know. I mean, as as someone who um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but someone who you know, no, no, no. who has some um, some some form of of, of white privilege because of you know the color of my skin. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a responsibility, um, and I also think. Um, as you said, as difficult and draining as it is, is like these conversations can't end, you know, when the protests end. Like this is on not a trend for the rest it's of your life. Oh, right. Absolutely mm-hmm. not, a, not a trend. And so these are draining and difficult conversations, but they're absolutely necessary conversations that need to be going on for days, for weeks, for months, for years um, with the people that we love. Um, yeah. It's absolutely necessary. So what did you do this week to support your well-being? Because you're doing the work, uh, right? Um, you're having the conversations. You want to continue to the conversation. Burnout is a real thing. So what did you do this week? If the highlight of the week was doing the work, right, and showing up and all that stuff, what did you do to support your well-being this week? Yeah, I think um, that that's – something that's really important to note, right? That like, while these conversations are going to continue on for a lifetime, you have to be okay with saying, okay, well, not today. Like, I'm gonna have to actually like, silence you on my phone, because I can't engage in these conversations with you right now, because I feel like I'm, I'm losing it. But we are going to continue this conversation. I haven't given up. But like, I actually just for my sanity right now, and to ensure that this conversation is also healthy and compassionate, I have to take back to take breaks. But I think, I guess, something that I did this week to be well, yesterday, I had a really good cry. <laughs> oh, that's um, so good. Cathartic <laughs> cries are truly the yes. best thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm a cancer. I'm a cry baby. And I don't think there's <laughs> any shame in that. <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> Let the tears flow. Yeah. It's therapeutic. Absolutely. I think it can be really, really healthy. And I really broke down. I broke down yesterday because of something actually that's so, so silly. <laughs> it was because, girl, it wasn't, it wasn't about that. Right, it right. really but wasn't about that. about that. 
right now it was rooted in so so much more it was rooted in the fact that we've been in quarantine since march the fact that police murder with impunity the fact that black folks are you know called thugs for literally demanding their right to life to joy to sleep yes it's rooted in it's rooted in in so 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 much more but i did have a really good cry and um I think that while all the problems are, you know, are still there, I now have a clarity and a calmness to continue. Yeah, I'm a fan for crying. <laughs> I I am a, I'm a big crier too. Like my friends, <laughs> my friends know if they tell me something like a, a good experience, I will I will cry for them. Like I'm a very yes. joy, like your joy brings me joy, and I will actually absolutely. start crying. And it's yeah, and it's absolutely. kind of um, it's it's almost embarrassing because like. It's like, I, I'm, it's not about me. I'm actually like, I'm just no. so happy for you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. It's no, so silly. Like yesterday I had that cry. And then I think a few hours later, my friend um, reached out to me and she said, Hey, um, what are you doing this day? I got us a nail appointment, like for manicures. And then I just started crying because of that. And I'm like, oh my God. That's so sweet. I love love (laughs) That's so kind. I love that. That is so thoughtful though. But sometimes you need need somebody to have your back like that and just be like, hey, I made an appointment for us because I needed it and I know you needed it. So I got you. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's my, my 13 year old dog in the background. She is the neighborhood watch. I apologize. Um, She'll, she'll chill out in a minute. I'm glad that you had that moment and I'm glad that that was like healing for you. I tend to bottle it all up. Like I will sit there and, you know, kind of suppress, especially, especially now. And especially with like issues of of race and police brutality and just straight up murder, state sanctioned murder. Um, I, 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 uh, it's like, I get exhausted because I am not surprised. And for me, these last few weeks have been like almost anger and resentment to like these woke these newly woke liberals that are like oh my god mm. i can't believe it e como like mm. the the this is the worst it's ever been no like no mommy. like you <laughs> just showed up girl you just showed yeah. up and and i had to have a moment where i'm like okay i am obviously resentful that they haven't shown up before but i need yeah. to take a moment and just be grateful that people are showing up now but it's it was hard to swallow because you're still at least for me i'm saying you're but it's me i'm still angry about it or i was still angry about it and it um took me a while until very recently i kind of got over the anger about it i was like you know what i'm not going to think about how other people are showing up and i'm not going to feel resentful for the johnny come latelys um, what I am going to do is focus on how I'm showing up, focus on where I'm putting my money, um, focus on how I'm voting and where I'm petitioning and where I'm protesting. Um, because that's all I can do, but it's like, it took yeah. me a while to get there for real. It really took me a while to get there. And that was yeah. exhausting. And I think that anger is valid. It's, yeah. it's, it's valid. You know, I mean, some of it is it's healthy to sit in that, right. So much of it is. 
Yeah. So yeah. much of it is. And I say that, you know, I've been, I've been writing about social justice and politics um, for several years. Yeah, and, you have. You know, I, and so I've been, you know, engaging in these conversations for a really long time. And I've seen even, you know, other journalists and other writers and other out, you know, outlets who, you know, I've engaged with in the past and, you know, who, you know, said and done some very problematic things mm-hmm. to now be, you know, um, be a hashtag BLM. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, it's frustrating. Um, especially if, if it is performative, I mean, if they have learned, then, then that's a beautiful thing. Um, but I, I, I do understand that, that, um, that anger. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, again, sitting with that as valid as it is, is you just have to ask yourself, is this, is this the healthiest approach? Is this the best approach? Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Exactly that. And just learning to let that go. I think that's, um, what I did this week to support my well-being to be well is is just that and letting mm-hmm. letting go of like my resentment, letting go of the anger, and then more importantly, finding the funny in it. I'm that type of person like mm-hmm. laugh to keep from crying all this yeah. sometimes. So like I found, you know, just finding comedy in like funny memes or in comedians yeah. or content creators that are just making really funny it, um, um, not mockery, but more like satire type of um, yeah. videos and memes. And it's just funny to me. Um, and then also just sometimes, sometimes just straight up logging off, like just logging <laughs> off. <laughs> so I want to get into you and I want to talk about what your recipe for your well-being is. But before that, before we do that, I want you to tell the listeners what you were previously doing and what you have previously done. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I'm a journalist. I worked as the politics and culture editor at Latina Magazine. I was an editor on Musu. Most recently, I was the culture editor at Remezcla. Um, and if you're familiar with these outlets and magazines, you know that they are catered to Latinx readers. And so most of my, my writing and reporting, again, has been around Latinx justice, politic, identity, and music. Aside from that, I've, you know, done several, you know, speaking gigs, you know, helping young uh, aspiring writers and journalists of colors break into the industry. And then recently, well, I guess not so recently these days because it's been a little while now, but um, I moved back to Orlando. So I guess let me just take a step back and say, so I was born in New York and raised in Orlando. And then after high school, I moved uh, back to New York and to, to study and to um, for my career. I will just fast forward through all of the, the that struggle. <laughs> and so when I came back to Orlando um, in late 2017. And I had come back thinking it was going to be temporary. But actually, I realized that it's something... I had since when I was in New York, I had talked a lot about I, I saw how Puerto Ricans had so much um, they knew so much more about their history and had so many more um, cultural organizations to tap into that I'd never had here in Orlando and Orlando yeah. has the fastest growing Puerto Rican population in the country um, and one of the largest in the country. And so I 
you know, I had always said that I wanted to return to Orlando and, and create something here. And when I had uh, come back to Orlando, I found myself trying to quickly go to the next, my next destination, where would I move to next? And then I realized, actually, this is the opportunity this I had here, been yeah. um, right, asking for all these uh, years. And here I am, and I'm trying to leave. And so I decided to stay. And so I co-created a group called uh, Body Squad with a few dope, 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 and young Puerto Rican activists and educators and the media producers that are, is focused on educating and getting um, young Boricuas um, in Central Florida activated. And then I also, not long after that, created Puerto Ricans of Orlando, which is Instagram page where I'm really just showing folks the beautiful Boricuas who make up the city through super dope work that goes unrecognized a lot of the time, um, sharing some of the, the history of Baboli was in the city because um, I don't think many people are too familiar with that. This is still a pretty new diaspora. And so it's really the point of it is to create community and um, have folks feel like they they have something to be proud of because they do. I love this. And I, and I (laughs) said it in the, in the write up, but I just love that as Puerto Ricans, as Boricuas, we are learning to wave our flag in pride and not in defiance. It's like you can feel your heart swell. It's just nice to have that space. Um, So I want to talk about um, what your recipe for wellness is. And obviously your community work plays a big role in that. I would, I would imagine that that would be um, a source of like pride for you and a source of like self-fulfillment. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, what the other aspects of your wellness are and, um, how, how it was that you've discovered that those were the things that you needed. Yeah. Well, first, I love that you say recipe for wellness because there really are so many different ingredients, right? Or practices that we can do to stay well. Um, and well, I'm a very extra, extra kind of gal. And so I have a lot, <laughs> a lot of things that I do. That's um, great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me maybe like um, I'm taking notes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I, I start my day, right. With a, a skincare routine that, that, um, also includes gratitude and affirmations. Um, so as I cleanse my mouth, for instance, I might say, you know, thank you, God, for my voice, and may I, may I be impeccable with my word today. Or thank you, God, for my sight, and let me see with, you know, eyes of love and compassion, um, and so on and wow. so forth. And um, from there, yeah, no, it is, I started doing this about two years ago, and it really just, it's, it helps set the mood for the day, because um, I think I, like, most, I mean, unfortunately, like, like most women and girls, you know, struggled with low self-esteem my whole mm-hmm. life, um, lived with an eating disorder for a really long time. And so um, things like that, they're small, but they are impactful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just reminders. And, and if, when you do it in the morning, it really kind of sets you up. I love yeah. that. I'm stealing that. Yeah. See, I told you I was going <laughs> to write it down. I'm stealing it. Like <laughs> the first thing I'm stealing from you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, that's For beautiful. Sure. No, yeah. From there, I, I do um, a morning stretch, um, which isn't long, about five to 10 minutes. Um, I, I then pray. I have this daily prayer book of prayers from various 
uh, faiths around the world. Oh, nice. Um, and so um, I like I like that. I like that approach. Um, I I grew up in a in a Pentecostal church, and um, I was a youth leader, like mm-hmm. the whole shebang. And so wow. now um, now I take a more interfaith approach, and so I, I really I really like that that uh, prayer book. I, from there I go into, I do meditation. I use the Headspace app, but I know there are several others. Um, nice. So I do maybe 15, 20 minute meditation, depending on what I, ha- what I have to do. If I have a lot going on that day, I might just do a 10 minute one. Um, I also have a gratitude book <laughs> that I try to add to uh, three items a day. Um, and yeah, I mean, and then depending on what I, what I have going on, in the day. So I'll say I wasn't able to do this today or yesterday, but I did the other days of this week was um, I tried to before working, I tried to watch a quick preaching or lecture, again, from from leaders of various faiths. And when I say quick, I mean, quick, like 10 minutes, no yeah. longer than 20 minutes. Um, and just listen to them. Um, talk about di- just different approaches to say, even compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's a great, uh, great way to start your day again. You know, you go in with purpose and intention. Um, my work, my work deals a lot with injustice and inhumanity and politics and pain and all of these very heavy, heavy, horrible yeah. things. Um, so in order to do this work effectively, I think, um, <clears throat> in order to ensure I continue to do this from a place of love and compassion, I need to be feeding my mind and my spirit. So I try to do that um, at the start of my day and as much as I can. I I love what you said. You have going in with purpose and intention. That's that's beautiful. Okay, so uh, con- continue. I don't want to stop this. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, aside from that, I'm I mean, I'm vegan um, as, a, oh, as a survivor. Really? Of a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for I've how been, long? Been, Does your abuela uh, know? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you about the sugar girl. <laughs> No, so I became a vegetarian when I was 14 years old. 14 Holy years old, okay? Yeah. That's and awesome. Until, thank you. I wasn't until like maybe three or four years, maybe three or four years ago. I'm going to say three years ago. I think it was like the year that I moved back here from New York um, that my family made pasteles with vegetables in it. They made vegetarian pasteles for me. And that I, is so a, I'm sweet. a crier, so of course I cried. Right? That because is so all sweet. That, girl, right. For so long, you know, like they were so, they were like praying for me, right? Like something was wrong with me. Like, Lord, let her eat meat again. Um, <laughs> because, okay, all right. So for listeners, for listeners that are not um, of the Hispanic culture or really of like any Latin culture, it is, it is a big deal like mealtime what you eat how you are eating it it is a big deal and to say that you don't want to eat meat is kind of like um almost like I don't know you just slapped your grandma in the face and told her all her eating her meals are gonna are gonna kill you and they're trash and that she's doing it wrong like you're not just insult you're not saying like oh, this is just my choice. And I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm not, (laughs) this isn't for me. It's almost like you're passing a judgment on your entire culture. Oh yeah. Yeah. And for those of you that are listening and you're like, clearly she's 
<laughs> being dramatic. I'm not. No. I'm not being hyperbolic <laughs> <No>. at all. <laughs> no. And not only is it wow. like you're passing judgment on your entire family and culture, it's also like, oh my God, there's something wrong with her. We have to pray for her because mm -hmm. what's going on? She has to eat meat because if she doesn't She's going to get sick. Yeah, she's going to get sick. And so, yeah, I would, I remember I would come home for, um, you know, like holiday vacations and, you know, my family would like try to sneak um, pieces of, of meat in my meal. Yes, or do it with like <laughs> chicken broth they were doing me or a favor. something. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Thinking that they were actually doing me a favor. Um, but yeah, luckily, I think it was about three years ago, it was Christmas three years ago. Um, that that is so sweet. Very first, no, it was the sweetest. It was the sweetest. And um, since then, you know, like every most everyone basically has come around. Um, my father still, you know, says things here and there, but everyone else has pretty much come around. Like, if my parents are buying acapulias or anything, they will buy veggie ones just for me and and you know save it there. Yeah, that's no, it's the so, sweetest. It's the sweetest. That is very thoughtful. Truly, mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, yeah, on all on all levels, not a lot yeah. of it's it's just not a thing in our culture to yeah. be emotionally receptive to our children's um yeah. oh no <laughs> different life choices. It's just not. Um, oh, no, not at all. Um, wow, I love that. So, how did you decide that you wanted to? Because fourteen's pretty young, and and I say that as somebody who at seventeen. No, I think I was 18. Um, I decided I was going to be a vegetarian just because I it wasn't like um, a spiritual thing for me. I, I love animals, but it wasn't like a, I wanted to protect the animals. I was just lazy and cooking and I just didn't want to <laughs> cook meat. Also um, real. <laughs> I mean, baga, tang baga soy. Really? Like I will just eliminate a whole food group because <laughs> I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> um, I feel that. So, but that for me lasted, what's, I've seen that, like almost, it was just like two years and a half. And then legit, my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, decided that he was going to go to cooking school. And I was like, oh, well, he, I guess he's going to cook now. So I guess I just eat <laughs> well, whatever he makes. <laughs> yeah. So um, again, so I'm lazy. So <laughs> there's that underlying theme. <laughs> Um, so for me, as somebody who came, made that decision very superficially, what was it like for you at 14? Yeah, I was, I remember I was in biology class in ninth grade and we were dissecting a pig mm. and I literally, I just, I couldn't, I just, I think it all just started to make sense to me in that moment and I, and I just was yeah. like, I can't. I can't, like, it just, the taste for me shifted, like, everything changed. I, I couldn't chew, whether it was, you know, pork or, or chicken, I couldn't chew it, and yeah. I just, I just felt completely different. It, it tasted awful to me. I, I felt awful, um, and yeah, I decided a few weeks after that, a few weeks after that, uh, that, that class, um, that I was going to try being a vegetarian right this thing that no one I know personally um you know does same, but like I same. know it's a thing <laughs> I've, um, I've heard it somewhere 
I read it yeah, in a magazine with this like pretty lady on a cover. I might have seen it in a show. <laughs> I might have seen it on a show, but um, I'm going to try that out. And I did. And um, I mean, I will say like there was maybe a, a, a year until the transition was really uh, solidified. Right. So I gave up. I think the hardest thing to give up was like chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, and so, so I might have ate like a few chicken nuggets here and there for that year. And, but after that, like I was just so, yeah. But by then yeah. it, it became that it grew from disgust into politics, even as a, as a 14 year old, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I love it. And, um, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and so I, that was the start of my journey as a vegetarian. And then for so long, I had been wanting to um, go vegan, but as you know, for like most folk who find it difficult to make that transition, it was really the cheese girl. Like I love me some cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And so that was really, really hard. But um, about three months ago, so it was during quarantine, it was the start of the quarantine um that I was like you know well now's the time you know restaurants are closed I'm not gonna really have temptations there I can cook myself all types of new dishes and so yeah so it was um maybe mid-March and I can't believe that I have I can't believe and no one else who knows me can believe that I have not had cheese in three months that's awesome Um, that's great yeah yeah, that's awesome. everything else was, and actually it wasn't even, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It really wasn't. You realize that you're like, oh, I, I don't need to put that. Or there's, there, do you do like the substitute, like the almond cheese or something like that? Um, I've tried. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. So like, let's say instead of, um, instead of like a quesadilla, I will make maybe like a, um, I'll use guac and make like a guac quesadilla, if that makes sense. Like a guac. Yeah, that sounds delicious. And I want to yeah, eat that it is right delicious. now. Yeah, no, it's, it's scrumptious. It's so, so good. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, um, again, I'm sorry about Artemis. She is just very yeah. ornery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about, um, about veganism yes how are you feeling how are you feeling with the transition like as far as like spirituality health do you feel good no I feel I feel so good so here's the thing as a survivor of an eating disorder I don't force food habits on anyone and also just being a body one understanding the cultural implications of food like yes you know this is while I have my own politics like this is not something like Food is hard for a lot of folks, and I I understand that. Um, So, but I speaking personally, um, I am so 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 happy um, to to be on this journey now. My skin, girl, is clearer than it's been in years. Yeah, I'm the type of person who I'd get facials once a month, and my skin is clearer now not having gotten a facial in three months because they were, you know, the spas have been closed. My skin is clearer now <laughs> than it had, than it had been all, you know, with all, <laughs> with all of those spot trips. And That's eating, awesome. And, you know, and eating dairy products. So 
um, that's that's been beautiful. And then overall, yeah, I do. I feel better. I have, um, I'll say I have a heart rhythm disorder. And so I oh. typically when I work out, I, I don't run because I, I pass out. But I've been trying to jog these days and I'm not passing out. So I think, you know, I. Oh, wow. That's I, freaking you know, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely see the very real way that it has um benefited my my life um my activity um my overall mental and physical health and this is just in three months I mean that's really awesome that's really significant I mean just your heart the the fact that you're able to do a little bit more cardio alone that's a very very big deal Mm -hmm. because cardio is is really um a big part of, of health and just, you know, well, I mean, cardiovascular uh-huh. activity, come on. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool. I really love that. And I, I wanted, there was something that you said that had triggered that question. You were saying, um, it was something about the, uh, yes. When you, um, when you learned about when it all clicked for you when you were dissecting that, the, the piglet, um, or the pig, you realize it didn't feel good to eat meat. Like right. it didn't feel good to you in your soul or, and maybe you meant like physically in your body. Um, mm-hmm. However you oh, meant yeah. that or however you felt that I think no, it is a big thing that you recognize that so young and that you listened to your body so young because mm-hmm. there's so many um you know, your body sends you so many signals in life and there are so many things that tell us to ignore it. Um, and just to, and to, and especially dietary, like we are, there's so much crap that is pushed on us in in our food, um, that makes us not feel great, but we're like, Oh, that's just, you know, that's just what's supposed to happen. Um, whether it be like, you know, heartburn or whatever, and, and even right. spiritually, you're eating something that may not make you feel so great, but you're just like, some people might be like, ah, what am I going to do? Protein. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just eat protein. It's easier to do it this right. way. Like, it's I don't easier. really like chicken, yeah. but whatever. Um, I really like that. I really admire that. Um, I'm just getting there myself, truly like listening to your body in the sense of, um, you know, you're eating something that isn't that fantastic for you, or in my case, you eat it too much. Um, I, if I like something, I'm going to eat it and I'll probably eat it for lunch and then dinner the next day and then breakfast the next day. Cause it's that good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so things like cheese in the last, you know, five years ish has been, um, cheese, dairy, I should say, just in general, the general umbrella Mm -hmm. of dairy. Anytime I've introduced dairy to my body, I've had had to have a conversation with my body and go, oh, okay. My bad girl. (laughs) I will. Let me check it off the list because you're, this is not for you. And you're, you are letting me know. And I am receptive to that because now I understand that I shouldn't feel this way when right. I, when I eat cheese or whatever the case may be, um, saying goodbye to ice cream was really hard, but I feel really good when I don't, ha- when I don't eat ice cream or when I choose to do like dairy freeze, whatever. Um, yeah. it, now I know that it, I feel good, but 
you know, taking that extra step and listening to your body and like doing something different than you've ever done before is, is kind of, um, is is that you've ever seen before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We've never, it hasn't been modeled before. Yeah. That's difficult, but I really admire that. That's really badass. Thank you. (laughs) Really cool. Um, so I had never thought of it in that way. So it's interesting to hear you say that, but that, yeah, that's real. I mean, really, I, and I don't know. As a That's kid, exactly yeah. what was going on. I was listening to my body, but I didn't realize. Because you know what it is? Like, actually listening to your body, it's not It's not always easy. And even as an adult, Mm-mm. even, even like, even listening to your gut, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not always easy. Um, and so I, and it's something that's, that's, you know, difficult even, you know, 20s and 30s and so on and so forth. So the fact, I, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, like, this didn't start for me as uh, as a political you know decision yeah it started with me listening to my to my body and my and what my spirit was telling me so yeah and intuitively (laughs) you knew it intuitively that it wasn't for you so how do you think that is that has shaped your your activism um hold on just so it maybe you can ask the question in a different way oh do you um, mean like with food or do you mean like listening to your to your body? yeah yeah because it seems like to me you listen to your you had a you listen to your intuition very young um yeah. when it came to okay. you know be, being a vegetarian and at least yeah. deciding not to eat meat so yeah. and then that kind of trickled into yeah. your political life yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of learn about the animals through the vegetarianism, and then you kind of learned about the regulation and all. Is that how that kind of worked? Yeah, that's that's exactly how that that worked. Did I just um, answer my I own do. question? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're, well, you're fine because I think it also goes beyond um, vegetarianism, right? Like I think yeah. I think listening to 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 your body and to you know what your spirit is trying to tell you is also it was kind of was also very critical again this is not something that I've really thought of before until you know you mentioned it right now but I think it was also critical to just my direction in life that I took in my career I as I said before I grew up in a Pentecostal church I was a youth leader um you know the whole thing um and spirituality has always played a very a very critical role um in my life and but as I as I grew up and I went to college and I broke into my field I I found it difficult to go to church and to hear pastors saying things that really not just upset me but also went against the love and the, the love that I knew as God um and so I stopped going um for years but but I think I kind of went off track there, but really it was, it was that foundation I think that has pulled me into this sort of work. Um, I know, I find that a lot of, a lot of people in, you know, in this movement, um, in, in, in movements, you know, across movements have Pentecostal backgrounds. And that's so interesting to me because I, you know, evangelicals are, are, are usually the folks mm. on Fox who are, um, you know, spewing really, really horrific things, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, homophobic, transphobic, um, just anti-choice, 
um, just all, all horrible things all the time. Um, but yet, I also know that it's folk, um, oh, uh, overwhelmingly folks of color um, who grew up in these churches and are using the, um, the, the the messages that they learned in these churches and that they've, you know, they've read in doctrine that really like fuels their activism, that mm-hmm. fuels their work because it comes from this place of love and compassion. And so um, I think it was, it, it was really that for me as well. I know I went into being a writer because I wanted to, um, to, to bring, you know, change and, 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 it, and it just really all just came from this place of love and compassion. Yeah. Um, and I sort of, I, you know, as I, as I um, went deeper into my work and, and became, you know, super aware of a lot of the um, atrocities that can also come from the church, um, I, I distanced myself for many years. I hadn't gone to church for several, several years. Um, and it wasn't until very recent, but I still felt this hunger, right, for um, my spiritual, my like, it was like, it was starving. It was starving. Yeah, just because you, um, the institution, the your yeah, spirit doesn't exactly. stop being hungry. Exactly. <laughs> it's weird um, how that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then again, as I was having these conversations with other folks in, in the movement, we all felt exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until... Um, pretty recently, a few months ago, that I decided to um, take more of an interfaith approach and just um, just listen to, to speakers from, you know, from all types of faiths um, and read literature, um, you know, that was outside of my own very evangelical upbringing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's all, it's all so similar. It's all, it's also, it's the same stories written in different languages and through different yeah. stories and you know and through you know it's beautiful um, it's protagonists beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah I, I don't know if I answered that question or if I went off into a wild tangent you did <laughs> you you answered all of the questions that I actually wrote down so it's beautiful <laughs> because I, I wanted to know um how your activism or not your activism, but how like your newfound wellness, especially, you know, through listening to your intuition, knowing what fulfills you spiritually, you had mentioned before that you had, you grew up Pentecostal and you mentioned that in a past tense. So I wondered if, um, who you were becoming conflicted with the fundamentals of the Pentecostal church. Absolutely. Um, so I, my family is like fundamentally Pentecostal and I say fundamentally because my grandparents, um, founded two churches, one in New York city yeah. and, um, one in Puerto Rico. And we have a sister church here in, um, Kissimmee. So I understand the yeah. <laughs> rigidity of the Pentecostal church and I understand the conflict, that internal mm-hmm. conflict. And it, it is yeah. a heavy decision to step away from your church. But I myself have been kind of figuring out how to fulfill my spiritual bucket without yeah. falling into the pitfalls of the institutional mm-hmm. religion. Yeah. And when you're able to do that, it is very fulfilling. Yeah, that's it awesome. Is. It is. 
So have you had any, like, uh, if you're open to sharing, have you had any (laughs) come to Jesus moments besides your decision to eliminate cheese from your diet, which is still really (laughs) awesome. Like that on its own is a come to Jesus moment. Okay. Um, but (laughs) have you had any other moments where you're like, Oh, I've been living like this, but what I've been searching for is telling me something else. Um, you mean during this quarantine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been sort of, sort of lost and trying to figure that out. And it's actually been really, really hard. And so, um, I think focusing on my spirituality and just trying to ensure that everything I do comes, comes from love and compassion and also not just being that way towards others, but to myself as well. And really, just trying to focus on that above anything else. That's kind of where I've been. And I'm just hoping that through that, through this, you know, through this journey, um, that it'll kind of direct me eventually. You know, I've sort of just um, surrendered trying to figure it out. And I'm just kind of letting, letting it flow and seeing where it takes me. Yes. I think um, the hardest part of quarantine is, or not even quarantine of this pandemic and of my thirties, what is realizing that there is the allude is releasing the illusion of control because nothing Mm -hmm. is ever in control. And even when I do have a plan, that is some, that is an illusion to make myself feel better because a tree can fall on my house. A mm-hmm. I can get hit by a car. My whole world can end. Yeah. A pandemic can in start in a moment. Yeah. A moment. Mm-hmm. Who cares what you have plans <laughs> right. to do today? Right. So uh-huh. it's like, oh, I just need to release the idea of yeah. control. And that's yeah. kind of terrifying and also a it's, little bit like... It's horrifying, yeah. <laughs> We're living yes, It is at once both. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly where I'm at right now. And like you mentioned yeah. a 30s. And so I'm actually turning 30 next month. And so that's where a lot of this anxiety is coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Like my tears, my... Like the reason why like I broke down yesterday was just... Yeah. It started with... Um, um, just like, I can't believe I'm going to be 30. And like, this is where my life is. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, you know, it was just like this anxiety, but it's also like, okay, man, I breathe in, breathe out. As you said, like, nobody has it. An illusion. Nope. Control is an it, illusion. It yeah. really is. It really is. And, and you can have a little bit of, you know, there's times when you feel like you, you're steering the boat and you're like, okay, cool. But yeah. then it easily slips away. And I think the what I'm figuring out that is the beauty of life is it's not when everything is in control or when everything lines up the way I want it to line up. It's navigating it consistently. Like that's the beauty of the life is that's when you grow. That's when you learn. It's it's but it's crazy. And it is like, you know, in, in that cusp is, it's such a, it's such a, um, it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild time. It's a wild time. You sure. can call me whenever you need to talk it out. Cause I've been there. I feel you. I see you. <laughs> um, so speaking of calling, calling people when you need to talk it out, I want to talk about your support systems. 
So I can imagine as somebody who as, as, is as accomplished as you are, especially in your work, and you've lived New York, and then you came back here to Orlando, you've had to have a big support system. Can we talk about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think I ha- I'm blessed. I have wonderful friends and community um, oh, that as I meet, as I, you know, as I interact with other people, I realize that others don't necessarily have the sort of community or support system that I do. And so I have to realize this is a blessing. Yeah, I mean, girl. From people who I know personally and people who I've never met, but you know, that you're podcasting with on yeah. social media for years. <laughs> right. <laughs> and <laughs> right. But people who will just speak into your life, just beauty. Um, and it's just so affirming. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm blessed. I am, I am, I am truly blessed when it comes to um, support systems. And, and there's also different types of support systems, right? Because when I was, um, you know, miserable in New York, um, I had just gotten out of an eight year relationship with someone I thought I was going to marry. Mm. Um, I had just left my um, first, I guess, real industry, full-time real industry job where I- Big girl job. Mm -hmm, My big girl job. I was broke. I went from having a beautiful apartment that I built with my ex in Washington, D.C. to going back to living, um, sleeping on my friend, my best friend's couch in New York. Like I was, it was, it was a lot happening. I felt, Mm -hmm. I just, I I lost, I lost my sense of me. You know, I felt I was losing um, touch with who I, who I was, who I am. I felt like it was just, it was very scary. It was very, very, very scary. You know, I was just adhering to impulses instead of really sitting and dealing with things, you know, and it was, it was just a very, very scary time. And I, I realized, okay, what is going to make me well? I had to think what is going to make me mm-hmm. well? Um, and that meant being surrounded by people who love me unconditionally. And that meant my family. Yeah. You know, my nephew and my niece were a part of my healing. And they were a beautiful part of my healing. And being around that unconditional kind of love, you know, that that smile that in an instant fills you with joy, even if it's for, even if it's temporary, you know, that fills you with joy or gives you a laugh. It's all a part of that that, that journey. Yeah, I love that. When I was asking before if... um, you in in the space that you're at now if you had any like other come to jesus moments or anything like that um one of the one of the things that i was thinking about was did you have to clear out any people in your support systems because you're re- like did you realize that you know someone who you initially was your ride or die your support system necessarily isn't aligning with who you are now um yeah. and i love that for you, it's cohesive. I think that's beautiful. And I think it's wonderful when our support system evolves with us and supports our supports, our spiritual growth too. That's really, really awesome. That's really beautiful. I will also say that 
I think, you know, spending most of my, my 20s in New York and really building a solid and dope and affirming community of, you know, of just girlfriends and sisters in, in New York to then come back to Orlando. And, you know, my family offered me exactly what I needed. Like I owe my survival to their unconditional love, truly. Deciding to stay here though meant also giving up this beautiful community that I had formed um, in New York that was also needed, but in a different way. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to live in a time of uh, social media and FaceTime and still be able to, you know, have those friendships. But it is, you know, it is different. And I've been trying, you know, uh, to build community here in different ways through, you know, as I said, through Puerto Rican of Orlando and Body Squad and, and trying to, you know, just as I did with you, you know, just reached out to this random person. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know her at all but I'm gonna slide into her dms and I've been I've been doing that like left and right with all you know Love folks it. who literally like I you called yourself a stalker earlier girlfriend I am the stalker I will <laughs> see someone I think they're dope then I'll follow them and then I'll look at their friends to see if they have anyone else who I think would be dope they look cool I'm, yeah just because of that hunger for community um and so I've definitely been building that um, here, and it's beautiful. Um, it's not quite um, as big or um, mm, it's different. I'll just say it's, it's different than maybe the community I had in New York. But um, yeah, but it is still necessary, and um, I'm happy. I'm happy it's growing. Yeah, that's really important. It really is important. Um, okay. Well, I, well, moving on to our next segment, um, it's the best breakup. And so I like to talk about breaking up, um, because it's kind of like my, not my newest obsession. I've (laughs) last, I don't know, in the last two years, I've experienced two platonic friendship breakups, Mm-hmm. Um, and going through quarantine has actually, um, in, in my experience, I've kind of re- taken restock of like, who is in my circle? Um, ha- um, in a similar sense, um, in the similar sense of the question that I was asking you, I kind of thought about, okay, who are the people that gel with me spiritually? Yeah important and even and even though there are people that don't gel with me spiritually i still love them i still wish them well i just yeah. don't want them in my circle anymore and yeah. our that friendship served a purpose it's no longer needed i can't, yeah. I can't quite see past <laughs> our spiritual differences and our fundamental differences so peace and out you know um yeah. So like I've had to kind of restock through quarantine and that's been kind of an eye opener. Um, so I might be adding a few more things to the best breakup segment, like once I, it, once I digest it all, but um, breakups are kind of important because I do think that you're learning. There's something that you've learned yeah. from, whether it's sure. a platonic, romantic job, a habit or whatever. 
Um, so what is your best breakup? Oh, oh man. Okay. Well, first I will say, I love that you worded this as best breakup, right? Because <laughs> instead of the worst breakup, sorry. So I love that language is so important and mm-hmm. I, I think that's beautiful. Um, but to be honest, I had a really hard time thinking about this. Um, especially because some of it is still lingering into today. Ah. You know, I guess I'm someone, it's hard for me to break up, I guess I will say. Um, I will, I mean. And we're talking about with like, with people, right? With With like friends and, okay. Yeah, and so I mean, I guess I'll just give the example of the, you know, that eight year um, former relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say that that is, I would overall say that that was a good breakup. Um, the relationship wasn't serving either of us anymore, but we still loved each other very, very much. And so it wasn't a breakup that was, you know, we're talking bad about each other. Um, you know, obviously there were still tons of tears and stuff, but mostly because something was over, you know, rather than something bad happened, you know? And unfortunately Um, we're not taught to break up. And and I don't want to say we're not taught to break up. I don't think that our culture, and I don't mean Latinx, I just mean like the American culture, like we are not taught healthy endings in movies, in any, in books, a lot of the times conclusions are dramatic. They are, you know, heart-wrenching. There has to be a a, a climax. And think the hardest part is realizing that sometimes it things just peter off and sometimes there is nothing wrong they may be a perfectly wonderful person who's who is kind and nice to you but there it just might not be the one and you might have outgrown each other and he doesn't have to hit you for you to end the relationship but a lot of us, especially women, especially black and brown women, I'm going to say, are taught to kind of stick with a good man because who knows what else you're going to get, or you should be grateful that this is what you have. And I think, I think it's, it's important to acknowledge that sometimes a relationship, you just outgrow each other and it doesn't, it's not dramatic. And I mean, I don't think that also can make it any less heart-wrenching because course, it's still yes. really, really, really hard. It's just, it's, um, it's not like the movies. You're not pointing at some, you know, you're, you're not rooting for one person and not the other. Like yeah. you're rooting for parties and it sucks for both. There's no clear villain. There's no villain. There's, There's no, no villain. villain. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So, um, what... If, if um, you're okay with talking about it, what was the moment where you realized that this isn't going to serve you anymore? Like you knew that you had to break up with this, with this person. And then what did you take away from it? How did that contribute to your overall well-being? Whew. I think we knew, uh, both of us knew probably two years before we actually broke up that this wasn't serving either of us anymore but we really loved each other so 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 much and we really tried to just kept trying to make it work 
Um, and then finally, oh, what was the exact, I think, um, he had, he had just kept, um, mentioning about, you know, wanting to be, wanting to just get away from everyone, you know, not just me, just get, just get away. And you know what I mean? And so I think I heard that enough times to just say, okay, you know what I mean? Um, we both know this has become an unhealthy relationship. Um, and, you know, we both made the decision together and he actually, he drove me from DC to my um, best friend's apartment in New York. Um, on July 4th, I call it our, our my Independence, Independence Day. Independence <laughs> Day, oh girl. Yeah. Hmm. yeah wow so he treated me and you know we it, again it, it wasn't a bad it wasn't like a, a bad breakup you know we held each other we cried and you know and this was about three years ago and you know in those in those three years you know we still spoke to each other not you know not often but you know if, you know just to check in on each other or holidays or yeah birthdays is and the reason why I said I guess still lingering is because he did pop up very recently on a more than friendly beat <laughs> so oh. now I have to figure this out um, <laughs> yeah I love it I love it I love it I um, love but it other than uh, I, I guess before than this before the recent developments um it had it had been a pretty healthy it had gotten a pretty healthy platonic um direction yeah yeah do you think that it well let me ask have you dated since like casually yeah. or seriously okay and now yeah, do you yeah. think that well, that's made you more um or let me just ask how do you think that has like affected you in like your romantic relationships? Like, do you think you, you, you're moving differently in, in that space? For sure. <laughs> yeah. For okay, sure. Cool. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, in different ways, like I been dating, um, you know, casually here and there. And I, I, I know that, you know, again, I should have known this, but sometimes you just have to test the waters and figure it out. But, um, I, I know that that's not me. Like, I'm a cancer. I'm a lover. Like, I yeah. want, yeah, like, I want that solid relationship. Like, and so, you know, dating has showed me a lot of what I don't want, but also it has introduced me to um, different people who offered me things that I wasn't offered before and that I like and that I feel now is something that I would want moving forward. So, whether it's with this particular person or someone else, like it, you know, I, I'm now more aware of the things that I want and that I need and also more capable of like seeking those things. Cause yeah. a lot of times when you're young and you just, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, I have people will say, Oh, but you have such a big voice, right. When it comes to like injustice and like everything, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're like, you know, literally you're in, you're in the media, like this is your job. But it's yeah. also, it's so different. and it's not just in a romantic relationship, but like with friends, with family, it's just, for me, it's just, it's, it's a lot more difficult to, to use your voice in, in those, in those settings. If yeah. it's something that's about like, I don't know, 
I mean, I'm very quick to open up my mouth when it comes to something around racism or sexism or transphobia. But when yeah. we're talking about feelings, um, that's, yes. that's harder. I, I completely agree. And I, I, I have the same issue where I um, have a hard time vocalizing if I'm upset or something like that. Um, I don't, I don't want to say have a hard time, but it's a, it's, um, it, um, it takes me a while, you know, it kind of takes me a while to say like, Hey, that hurt my feelings. And I don't want you to do that anymore. Or, and, and I think that's simply for me in, in my case, it's because I was just taught to be good, you know, yeah. be, be yeah. good, be polite, be, be grateful, be amicable. And yeah. of course you have to have gratitude and everything, but I think there is, it's a self-love thing that um, I'm, tr- I'm just learning. And of course yeah. I love myself, but there is something about um, a certain aspect of self-love in speaking up for yourself okay. and saying, mm-hmm. and saying, this isn't going to serve me. Or mm-hmm. um, I also think recognizing I would imagine that right now, because you spent um, years with a person that you were like, oh, two years, maybe this isn't going to work, but we're not going to say anything for a while, that now you're in a space of like, okay, I'm not going to waste time like that anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I love myself too much <laughs> to waste any anymore. more time. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> cool. I love that. Um, okay, so we're moving on to our palate cleanser. I want to <laughs> know... Um, I want to know about uh, two things. I want to know about the weirdest thing that you have in your house or your, (laughs) your space in your room. What is the weirdest thing in your home? And I also want to know if you have any recommendations, like any books, any podcast recommendations, um, that you have been reading, whether it's like something activism or whether it's just pure entertainment that um, you want to recommend to our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So the weirdest thing in my space, I mean, listen, I think I'm a very weird girl. I have (laughs) straight thoughts and I do really weird things. Um, but I'm looking around my room and I'm like, I don't feel like it's very weird. Um, (laughs) You're like, I'm actually pretty basic. Wait a minute. (laughs) Um, I mean, maybe folks who are not Puerto Rican and don't understand the inherent pride that comes with being Boricua will find all of my Puerto Rican art and like pillows and everything kind of strange. Um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a solid representation of who we are. Right. I can see why that might be weird. To but if you're a body, it's very normal. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty, pretty standard. Pretty standard. <laughs> I think the fact that I don't in my home, I'm, I think about it, I'm like, I actually don't have like a big, any sort of like display of the Puerto Rican flag in my house. I don't have any flag displayed in my house, actually. <laughs> um, but in my car, my favorite thing that yeah, I have is it's like a super cute high heel and um, it's made, it's like rind studded out of the Puerto Rican flag. It's hey. the cutest <laughs> thing. I freaking love it. 
I freaking love it. Um, cool, 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 cool. So any book recommendations, anything that you've been, um, book or TV, any podcasts, what have you been like Um, binge watching this last couple of weeks? Um, you know what? I think, I mean, I think considering, um, our current, uh, state of affairs, um, I think it's really important for folks who haven't already watched, um, um, series and documentaries that center on race and blackness. So really watch 13. Um, and then if they're into the series, you know, when they see us is critical. Um, I also, if you want something, if you're interested in like, um, more, um, like more serious, more entertainment, I guess, I think Pose and the Get Down are also very, they, they capture various social justice issues in a way that's still very entertaining and also much needed representation of black Latinxies. Um, Both of those series do. Um, But if you want something like, I mean, I really, 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 really enjoyed Never Have I Ever on Netflix, the series. Yes. yes, It was so good. And then I love the, to all the boys I ever loved movies. I'm a cancer, like I said, teen rom-coms, forever have my heart they are my favorite <laughs> they are my absolute faves so if you want something light um which I do recommend in these times too you know sometimes we need, we need a little levity yeah. and I absolutely love never have I ever yeah until all the boys I love I I haven't watched all the boys I loved before but um I just binged never have I ever and oh, every episode I ended up crying. I'm like, oh, is this just, my face is going to be wet for the next few hours. Cool. Great. It was, it's a, it was beautiful. Yeah. That was a really, it was a really good series. Very well done. And I loved seeing just all the diversity on my screen. I love it. I'm going to take a second and recommend Kim's Convenience on Netflix for those of you who are a big fan of like 30 minute comedies and family comedies. Kim Con- Kim's Convenience is a, it's a beautiful, funny story, um, lighthearted, but also gets into like a, sometimes serious topics um, about just a family in Canada trying to make it work and they own a convenience store it's, and it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then also, um, well, I don't, I mean, I feel like everybody already knows about Schitt's Creek, but that is just wonderful escapism. (laughs) Schitt's Creek is a great TV show. Um, just beautiful diversity in a world where like it, it's, um, it's just a non-issue your, your race or your gender. And I love the way that it's written. It's, it's a beautifully written, um, series. So those are my recommendations. I haven't seen either of those, so I will take those recommendations. Yeah, they're really, they're really good, really good. And I mean, I, I, I don't want to say obviously, but if you're not watching Insecure on HBO, please, <laughs> please do. I think it, you know, and I do want to say in all seriousness, if you are for people who are just turning on the TV and like really making it a point to, you know, um, search out black culture and and black television, not only, you know, uh, digesting the historical media, you know, 
13 and um, when they see us and all that stuff, but also new things as well. Right. You know, right. insecure, um, euphoria, um, yeah. what's out right now that literally just aired, um, I, I May Destroy You, um, Michaela Cole on HBO. These are wonderful representations of a diverse culture. And I'm talking across all aspects, sexuality, gender, um, race. And it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right. Let, I need to let you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for meeting with me and chatting with me. I truly appreciate you. Raquel, where can people find you? Um, I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Raquel Riker. So that's R-A-Q-U-E-L-R-E-I-C-H-A-R-D. If you're gonna follow me, it's, um, <laughs> you're, yeah, I mean, I'll just say this. I feel like I, a lot of my, for a while I had a lot of selfies, you know, because I've been on this, you know, trying to accept my, my body. Yeah. Um, and uh, just traveling and very, you know, just taking a lot of selfies. And, and mm -hmm. then I noticed that now that I am also posting a lot more frequently about, you know, issues that are happening right now, which I've always done, but I guess it's just more intense these days. Yeah. My followers dropped, girl. So I'm like, okay, bye guys. I know it's a bunch yeah. of fellas who are following me for my Teta photos. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. But honestly, that, um, go, you know, are these people that you want in your life? Are these people that oh, you, yeah. life, you know, no, are these, these people, people that, I, that we're being so gross in the comments? So I was already blocking them anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's yeah. just funny. To see, it's funny to see in numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I feel like if you're a listener to this podcast, if you're if you're a follower of me, you know what's up. You know how I feel. So I want to amplify voices that I feel are worth amplifying. And at this point in time, if we are not aligning on, you know, basic human, you know, humanitarian beliefs, then we good. We do not need to associate with each other. You don't need to listen to this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> right. Literally the, the bare minimum, right? The, yeah. the basis. The, um, I mean, thank you so much for, for thinking my voice is one that deserves to be amplified. I appreciate that. It does. It does. And again, thank you for um, just being a, a, an active voice in the community and holding the Latinx community accountable too. You know, like, I, like we were saying at the top of the show, um, having that conversation is important to have within your own community, even though you are a person of color too. Um, mm -hmm. And also just bringing us together as Boricuas. That's nice. That's awesome. Yes. yes. Well, thank you, awesome. thank, you, thank you so much, Asada. Um, I've you know, yeah. engaged in conversations around social justice often, but very rarely do they center on wellness. So this was really actually very beautiful. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, oh, thank you. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your journey with me and the listeners. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful week. You too. All right. I'll talk soon. Take care. Well, that's the episode, Wellness Warriors. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Please rate and review this episode on Apple Podcast if you haven't already. And if you're listening on Spotify or Stitcher, do me a solid. Share, uh, take a screenshot and share it on your Insta story. Let people know that you're a fan of the show and um, tag me too on Instagram or on Twitter. Let me know you're out there listening. I want to say thank you one more time to Raquel for sharing with me her wellness journey and for sharing with you guys what's keeping her going and keeping her motivated right now. Follow her on Instagram. She is Raquel Reichert. I will put all of her contact information in the show notes, but you can follow her on Instagram, Raquel Reichert, or you can find her on her website, RaquelReichert.com. All right, Wellness Warriors, I'll be back very soon with another full-length episode. Until then, be brave, be light, be well.